delay and a little bit of a timing issue uh we're gonna finally be able to put out our boy suge d sugar dunkerton pineapple pete your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler uh we had the interview with him about a week and a half ago two weeks ago uh putting it out just in time for heroes and legends october 2nd here in fort wayne indiana uh, he's gonna take on jtg or james storm i'm not real sure which one right now um, make it out if you can. Without further ado, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, Shook D. We're here with everybody's favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, Shook. Um, I mean, we've, we've been, when, what year was that Heroes and Legends show we first saw Shook at, Pat? Probably uh, 2012, 2013. Somewhere in there, maybe before. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a while a, ago. Yeah, and and you have been top of the list for everything for us. Like you're the most entertaining in the world. It seems it's crazy. Love it. Big big fan with everything. That's a big. That's a tall. That's a, that's a I'm tall, not even kidding though. Like in in the look, world. At, so at that show. Oh, well, I, I, like I watch. You, I watch YouTube matches from like your stuff overseas and like i i just randomly watch matches that you've had <clears throat> from anywhere they're good i mean i just i i enjoy it like truthfully never have i ever seen a bad shook match ever <laughs> and it i mean entertainment value is always there it it's never it I don't think I've ever seen any of them that looked even kind of sloppy. Like it's always on point all the time. And, I mean, it's just, it's it's always good. We were watching um, some older stuff today on YouTube, mm -hmm. and she freaked out because she didn't know that you wrestled Brody Lee in uh, Shikara, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's Luke Harper." My my resume is like ultra weird. I guess that's the best way to put it, or whatever it is. It's like um, I always joke about the fact that I want people to, I want people to be able to look at like uh, there's a website called CageMatch.net. Yeah. Like they they're they're pretty good about catching up with uh, you know like how many matches you had and where they were at and you know all this other stuff. They miss stuff too, but like for the most part, they got a they got a pretty strong accuracy. So. Um, I always joke that I want my cage match profile to look strange. Like I want it to look like something where it's like very random, like something off of a video game. Because oh, it you does. can find like a lot of weird matchups in my lifetime. Like some of them that are even like, oh yeah, I did have that match or whatever it is. So yeah, I definitely did have a, that's the solo match with Brody is probably one of the first ones where I had confidence in the fact that like, you know, I really could hold my end on a singles match if people gave me the opportunity on it. I wasn't always very sure about that until then. And I just had to kind of 
cultivate from there and whatnot. But yes, my 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 singles resume is very strange. That's the best way to put it. And um, I, despite what what's going on or not going on in my career at any moment, I like to feel I'm a good indicator because I'm either the guy that you wrestle when you come out of a deal. Or I'm the guy that you wrestled before you get a deal. Like that always tends to work out like that. Yeah, I noticed that when I was picking through stuff. I'm like, holy shit! Like everything, this guy, he he's either at the beginning or the end every time. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> but I mean, like that that has to speak volumes about your work, though, right? Like you're either the last guy before the big deal, right? Or you're the first guy coming off of it when they're used to wrestling the guys with the big deal already. You know what I mean? Which there, there's a bittersweetness to it because it's like, um, like I kind of want to be the guy on the other end. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, yeah. like, like, like you be waiting for me when I come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me let me go do that. But at the same time, it's like um, uh, I feel like something that's missing from a lot of performers nowadays is that accountability factor sometimes. Uh And, um, you know, I I take accountability for the fact that, like, you know, I've had I've had flirtations with being able to do something bigger. And in some cases, it was probably for the best that it didn't happen when it did. And in other cases, it's like, okay, maybe I could have did this differently or maybe I could have did that differently. Um, I'd like to think by the time something comes back around, if it's meant to come back around. I'll just be ready for it. And if I'm not. I'm not, but we're going to have a good time along the way. And I mean, honestly, like you, you can tell that that's your mindset. Like I, I've never seen or heard anything about like, oh, Shook had a bad day or Shook said this wildly odd thing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's all, I've, but I've never heard it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, it, it doesn't get out, I guess, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I try like. You know, like uh, I, I think I think somebody somebody uh, hit me to something that was very interesting. At the end of the day, it's like I don't think that there is a divide. Like people will do that whole thing where it's like they feel like professional wrestling is only like the contract side of it. So they try to have this divide of like, well, there's independent wrestling, and then there's you know major TV wrestling or contract wrestling or whatever it is. It's all still wrestling. It's all professional wrestling, no matter what level you at. Like uh, you're, it's it's as professional as you choose to make it yeah. at whatever stature that you're at. Now I know professional can look a million different ways. I don't <laughs> show up in a suit or adhere to a dress code whenever I go to a show. But like, you know, um, I come to do the job of my best ability. Get the people their tickets. Give give the people their money's worth in regards to the ticket. Um, hopefully, give them something that they haven't seen before, and if they have seen it before, you do it in a different way. Uh, I I just like to think that when you start talking professional, um, I'm as professional as it gets at my level. I like to think so. Um, so I wish I saw more of that, like an ownership of, of that as an independent. Because I, I guess they start thinking that the professional bit starts when you get signed. And it's like, no, it's well beyond that. So um, I take pride in being unsigned, if that's indeed the case. I'm still good at what I do. I'm still busy. And um, I'm still a professional. And I just wish more people kind of had ownership of that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny that you say it like that, though. I just did an interview with Jock Sampson Sunday night. <laughs> and 
What a guy. Dude, that he is, he's special. I like him a lot. Like, he's just so, he's just super open. You know what I mean? Like, like, and he's just him. Like, he, I, unless he's just that into the Jock Samson character, you know what I mean? He's got nothing to, he's got nothing to lose. Right. And I, I kind of wish more people embraced that bit where it's like, you might as well kind of approach it honestly. I feel like you'll get more of what you want out of it uh, when it's all said and done. But he's always just been one of them guys where it's like, um, whatever for me is going to be for me. So I'm not going to compromise who I am on the way to doing that. And I mean, he's, he's very good about that. He knows what he does. Yeah, it, I mean, and he, but he said the exact same, had the had the exact same sentiment about the professionalism within the industry, right? Like, there, there are guys that come out and, like, they just want to go get their shit and go home and play video games. And there are guys that come out and they want to learn something and they want to be entertaining and they want to actually do the job. And, yeah. oh, to, go ahead. To their credit, there's nothing wrong with showing up doing what you got to do and going back home to play video games. I love playing video games. I right. Love, I love going. Sometimes it's like that. You show up, you, you get paid to do that. But wh while you're there, you're there. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. let's let's be all the way present until it's time to go home. I get right. it. Yeah. And I think a lot, though, now, too, though, is, like, <clears throat> going back to the professionalism of it, you have to now. With social media and everybody's got a cell phone and everybody's got, you know, to take. If you step out of line one time, it's all over everything within minutes, right? So 15 years ago, you didn't have that. Well, you, you don't have to do anything. Um, yeah, Y'all right. are really going to find out, like, I guess, through the course of this that I'm, I'm very just as a person. So it's like, you don't it have works. to do anything. Like, you can, you can post whatever you want to post or yeah. tweet whatever you want to tweet or say whatever you want to say. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm nobody's dad everybody has their own stuff um i do believe in i'm very big in kind of like actions having ways of rounding back to us whether good or bad and i'm also big into like uh the only time everybody ever wants to bring up the word consequence is when it's negative and there's good consequence and there's bad consequence but um there's always consequence no matter what so um, I think people forget that in the course of things sometimes. I know, especially when we talk about Twitter, some people think it's like a, like a live journal sometimes. So they just want to put their every waking thought, whether they deserve to put that, well, not even deserve, whether they should put that or they shouldn't put that. That's completely up to you. So like, you know, freedom of speech all day long, but you know. Oh, for sure. But I mean, it, it does go both ways though with, with, you know, what you do, but it also if you go out and you have a good match, and it gets put on YouTube or it gets put here, gets into the hands of the right people. I mean, obviously yours have. I mean, you've had matches on bigger platforms. So obviously somebody's seen something, you know, whether it's been at a live show, whether it's been on, you know, on the internet, whatever it is, mm -hmm. it gets around. I mean, it's not, I'm not saying it's always a bad thing. You know, obviously there are good things that come out of it, but you just have to, everything everything anymore revolves around social media right or wrong i mean it, it comes back to it and you know i i just think that with the indie scene as big as it is right now with everything going on it, it'll be very easy for somebody to get called up if they go out and put on a good match 
show that professionalism because they're looking for that, right? I mean, you've done bigger shows and you don't, so you're going into each, whether it's independent or you're going to AEW to do a show, do you, do you have the same, same attitude going forth? Is that what you're saying? Well, you, um, I guess to cap off that last thought, it was like, you know, freedom of speech isn't necessarily freedom of consequence. So okay. you never know, right. especially when you say some other stuff. As far as like mind state and like walking into certain things and whatnot, um, me, I just always try to keep keep uh, cognizant of the fact that like uh, I, there's a Denzel Washington quote that I really like. And um, that quote is a lot of the times like um, the calling card of a good performer was um, the last thing it was it wasn't if everybody seen it it was was it was it any good and there's a case sometimes where a lot of people a lot of people are more concerned about um did people see it or did they leave likes on it versus like wasn't any good like okay that's great it's like was it a, was it actually of worth was it good a lot of people can see you know like something can go viral that's just like completely trash happens right. all the time as far as it goes that effect. So it's like wherever you at or whatever level you at, you just want to make sure it's good because there'll always be a need for good or quality or we know this guy can get the job done in this business, like period. Like there'll always be a spot for that. Um, I'd like to think no matter what it is I'm doing or I'm not doing, I'm always mindful of the fact that uh, you just got to, you got to approach it with the best of your ability, man. And you got to be adaptable as to right. what that looks like and what you're walking into. It's never been more competitive as a professional wrestler, especially on a uh, independent level, because when you look at everything around you, you're not just competing with other unsigned people. Now you've got seven contract companies and six of them let people work independent. So they also get spots on the show. And then mm -hmm. when the pandemic chills out a little bit, you're going to have more international talent start to come back in too. So it's never been more competitive. I have to compete with people that already have a deal for a spot. Okay. Crazy. I got you. So yeah. you got to be able to bring it that extra little bit. I got you. Mm -hmm. So what, like when, when you started, what made you want to be, should be like, what, what made you want to be a pro wrestler? Uh, I talk about it often, but it's probably one of my earliest memories. Like, I think it's the first coherent memory that I ever had. Like, you know, just thinking about like different times from WrestleMania five. And um, I just knew I was kind of drawn to like the, the colors and the pageantry and the physicality and like the just over the top drama of it and all that other stuff. Like they just combined a lot of things that I liked. So I just knew I was going to be dealing with it one way or another. I just always felt that way whenever I did something and lo and behold, here I am all this time later and right. still trying to be a student of the game. I feel like that's really important though, to constantly like, always continue to be open to learning, right? Like, I mean, it, even since you've started, I feel like wrestling as a whole has changed styles, I guess. Constantly. Yeah. Like a lot. <laughs> um, so you mentioned WrestleMania five. So who who was your your inspiration or was it just kind of the show itself so like most of the show itself but you know like 
I won't act like it didn't culminate in like a crazy main event because like, you know, that was that was Hogan versus Savage with uh, Miss Liz. And that's back when WWE had super long term planning because like they built the they knew what the Mania main event was going to be a year in advance. Like when they crowned Macho the year before they in 88, they knew they were going to work their way to Hogan and Macho. So you had like the mega powers. You had like them exploding and all that other stuff like that. You had the Survivor Series leading up to that, all that other good stuff. Them beefing at the Rumble briefly because uh, Hogan like accidentally dumped Macho in the midst of all this other stuff. Like you just had all these little bits and it just built just perfectly. But then they had like a lot of other fun matches on there, other things that built along the way. And it's like, um, I'll always hold that pay-per-view in fine regard. Because I've probably seen that one the most, and I just remember like wearing out the VHS tape that it's on. Right. That's that's a good one for sure. I think that's probably one of my favorites just because of the main event, all the build up to it. It's definitely like prime 80s WWE. I mean, it's in 89, so it was like the last year before they dropped into the 90s, but it's definitely like prime 80s WWE. Yeah. Um, how how old were you when you started training? 17 i remember being on the wrestling team and then finding out that i had an opportunity to train so like wrestling team like at school yeah yeah um the thing is i couldn't do both because of the timing so i ended up i ended up having to quit the wrestling team in order to de- de- to dedicate the time to be able to doing that and i remember the wrestling team finding out they weren't very happy about that. So that turned into a lot of fights at school because I was doing that quote unquote fake stuff. But um, I stuck at it and everything was okay when it's all said and done. Um, my first training school wasn't really much to write home about. And I feel like uh, I lost time doing that because I can't speak enough when I say like, make sure that you get with a reputable training school when you start. Cause I feel like I lost a lot of years still trying to figure stuff out that I, sh- I just should have known. And some of it was super basic. And I'm not talking about like bumping and stuff. I'm talking about like, you know, etiquette and how to put yourself out there and, uh, you know, just other little things, other fine tuned details. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have that. So I had to figure it out. So whenever I usually credit like training, it's always uh, Jeremy Vane, Murder One, Dr. David Reigns, because all three of them basically took a interest in being like, okay, well, you're not very good, but here's why you're not very good. And then they took that time to get me to, okay, well now, now you might be able to do something. And um, yeah, I think I exceeded my own expectations, which is good. I think I exceeded their expectations. So I don't think they expected me to be doing a lot of it, but I feel like there's still more that I could do in their age. Oh yeah. I mean, but I feel like that's how it is. No matter like even Cena right now is like, I could probably go and do Japan. Or you know what I mean? Like, there's always something. I, I I would hope he would go and enjoy a film career. That's something fresh and new for him. You know what I'm saying? So mm. it's not like he, he. I mean, I totally get the sentiment, but it's it's definitely not like he hasn't put together a good little bit. It's not like he wasn't he wasn't on top for a while. You know? Right. He had a little run. He had a little run. <laughs> Just he her entire life. life. <laughs> Um, I think it's funny with that, like with the Cena thing. He called out Rock for doing the, this whole wrestling thing and leaving for Hollywood. 
now he turns around, literally does the same exact thing. He gets it though, but yeah. but I'll give him credit where it's due. Um, his in comparison to like his contemporaries who were part time, you know, mm-hmm. Cena was all over the place. Like Cena was doing house shows, you know, uh-huh. like he, he was still at the TVs, you know, all the other stuff like that. And then when it was time for him to do what he had to do, like I mean, he gave everything he got, and then he went ahead and did yeah. it. So it's like. It's not like he just dialed in, dialed in. You know what I'm saying? It was right. like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to help you pop some houses. You know, all that other good stuff like that. Like, he did it the right way. Yeah. No, he did a house show in Fort Wayne. Oh, he did. That's right. I think it was the year I got wedding. Or the year I got the year I got wedding. The year I got married, 2017. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it was because it was the Monday after my, or the Sunday night after my wedding. So I didn't get to go. And they finally sold out a house show. But it was because they moved it from the it wasn't in the actual Coliseum, it was in the where they do Heroes and Legends. Yeah. So yeah, he was in Milwaukee when I was just there last, two months ago too. One of their first house shows back. He was doing the house shows with them there. And that's usually the big thing amongst people that do part-time is like not doing house shows, brother. And there he was, like doing the loops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's yeah. there's cats there now. Um, that still aren't doing house show loops, and then there he was front and center. And it's like, you know, um, I think I think if you read the reports and whatnot, there was definitely some shows that were not sold out until he got announced. No, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Are you gonna ask him that one? Since okay. it ties into it. Yeah, sure. She's so nervous still. <laughs> I see. I, I see her over there. Like she's over there. She's pointing at the paper and well it's it's not as bad it's the heroes and legends show that we saw you at when she had the mask on and walked up to you and just completely froze and took off oh, and, it's, yeah um, it's it's fine man i'm just a i'm just a dude like it's fine you know what i'm saying <laughs> like we're doing we're doing we've, we've technically graduated because now like we're we're having to do this in front of everybody that happens to watch this or whatever it is so we're graduating we're, we're getting Okay. Um, do you mind having to travel for all the shows that you do? She speaks. <laughs> oh <laughs> yes and no. Sometimes if we're being honest, like um like it, every, everybody gets weary. Everybody has days where it's like, oh man, I gotta get out of bed to do this, like any job. So um the the beauty of, of this particular job though is like uh sometimes you get up and it's like Okay, it might be a little long or it might be a little crazy, but um, I feel like I'm going to see some cool stuff when I get up, you know, and um, that happens a lot. I'm fortunate to be able to say that a lot of the times uh, I get to say that even if I wake up and it's just like, here comes six hours or seven hours or eight hours or sometimes 13 hours or my record 17 hours. Um, It's like, all right, hold on time out. 17 yeah. hours for a show or were like you go in someplace and doing two or three the 17 hours one was um i think i was in north indiana and i didn't pay attention to the fact that uh, that really taught me you got to pay attention to your schedule too because i noticed i was in north indiana and then i had agreed to take a show in south florida so yep. yeah 17 hours yep. so i had to I had to knock out the match and then get in the car and then go down there. I didn't want to let down the promoter there too, because uh, 
I think that was Ignite. And I'm really good friends with the promoter there, like Trevor Reed. Uh, Trevor Reed is um, not only one half of Team Tech, but he is the significant other of one Kylan King, who you may know from various AEW appearances. So, like, um, I like the guy. We've always gotten along. So I didn't want to be like, hey, man, it's 17 hours. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'm going to make it, but I made it. That, that's a haul, though. You, you do what Good you on you, do. though, for doing it. Right? You, you do what you got to do sometimes. Now, granted, I look at my schedule way more carefully since that <laughs> moment because I was just taking stuff. And it's like, Ooh, okay, well, everything so beforehand now. That day, I wasn't thinking about how stuff connects. But right. at least nowadays, uh, you know, the travel is different because there's more flying and all this other stuff like that. Like, I guess they see the worth in being able to fly me out. Thank you. Finally, that's great. Like, in some cases, flying me out. But I won't lie, I kind of do enjoy that ability to be able to drive if the pay is right, because I get to control when I get to get out of there. When I go, I don't have to wait on anybody and all that other stuff. I can just be out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that gives you a lot of a lot of downtime in the car to just get in your own head. You know what I mean? Like, the, I, I don't know, driving's, like, super therapeutic for me. Anybody watch regular show? Uh, no. Okay. Love that show. It's, it's, uh, it, like it was, it's run was along the time of Adventure Time on Cartoon okay. Network. So I remember really, this. Really funny show. But one of my favorite quotes from that show is, um, they, I think everybody was talking about, um, let's do something really scary. And then Pops was like, yeah, let's be alone. Let's be alone in the dark with our own thoughts. Oh, dude. I get that too. A lot of car rides <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. That I guess I didn't think about that part. But it's fine. Like I, I get I get good l- music listened to, and then uh, this is why it's always good to have a good stable of podcasts because that way you get to listen to that too and everything like that. But yeah, I do get a lot of time to myself to kind of like figure things out and to soul search and whatever it is for better or for worse. But I do have that time. Are you a big podcast listener? Um, I've grown into one. Yeah. Um, I used to just do it just because it's like, okay, this is something that's not music that can pass the time. And then it turned into like, okay, well, I'm really liking some of this stuff. Let me let me see, uh let me see how much further we can dig into this or whatever it is. So yeah, I got a few ones that I keep earmarked. Yeah. I I listen to a lot of podcast, a lot of business podcasts and stuff. Look at her face. She's like, Yeah, way too many. Oh, she's <laughs> So she, she's got the I've been bored to death once or twice yeah she has <laughs> like uh I, I have my I have my occasional wrestling content podcast that I listen to but like other than that it's like I tried I try not to it's not that I don't like listening to them but it's like okay there's other things in life that we could also pay attention to so like um i like blank check blank check is a good one because they uh they talk about like it's like a movie review show where they talk about movies that like pretty much like how did this uh like what what led to this movie being able to get made and was it any good for the most part um i feel like that and uh you're don't don't laugh but it's totally on brand I feel like that and um, the Denzel Washington is the greatest actor that ever lived podcast are like my jam. That's a podcast? 
Denzel Washington is the greatest actor that ever lived. Um, you could either say that or you could say period. And um, they literally have episodes based around Denzel Washington films. And I gotta, be, I gotta listen to this one. I think, I think he. I also subscribe to the theory that he is the greatest actor that ever lived. So this show is completely on brand for me. Uh, I mean, I could totally argue for it. I can't really think of an argument against it. And they break down his whole filmography, and they have guests and all that other stuff like that. And it's just, it's just wonderful. Like, like they just they just talk about it and it's it's wonderful. I think their whole goal was they were trying to, it's like comedian W. Kamal Bell and like his friend. Oh, I love that. I think what they were trying to do was keep it on long enough where Denzel would actually become like a guest, but um I don't think it lasted long. Well, they got like a hundred something episodes out of it, but I don't think they ever got to a point where like they could invite Denzel on, which I thought would have been great. Yeah. Did you see um, Kamal Bell's, I don't even remember what show that was, or what it was called on HBO. There were a lot of shows on HBO. No, he had like his whole series. On uh, what? Uh, I don't remember what it was called now. You're doing the thing, man. You're doing the thing where it's like, uh, the, the my mom is infamous for this. It's like, um, there was this show about this guy in the thing. <laughs> Oh, dude, um, I do this. I do this all the time. It drives my wife insane. Right. About it drives the, her insane, too. It's that show on that one channel about the guy and the thing about that stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm supposed to just know it. Like, I'm supposed to be able to just pluck it out of air off of that information. And I'm like, look, you're the one that brought him up. You should know this. <laughs> like, the moment you, you said there's this series on HBO, I'm like, United Shades of America. That's what it is. Okay, was. that wasn't HBO. That's CNN. Was it? Well, it's <laughs> on HBO Max. So, okay, it it now airs on HBO Max, like like the uh, I yeah. guess the reruns of it. Yeah. But when it premiered, it was CNN, and he did the one where he did like the behind the scenes with the KKK and all yeah. that other stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like like super interesting show when it was all said and done. See you over here talking about. It and you- you weren't even HBO, right. HBO Max. I HBO was like Max halfway there. I, it was Kamal Bell. It's on HBO Max now. It worked. It worked. Wikipedia helped. The best <laughs> part about friend. being on HBO Max is it probably still comes up with the CNN logo before it even right. airs. Right. So. Friends is on HBO Max. You know, man. It, it, that wasn't where it started. Like it just is there. Like, you know, like but if I was like, oh, that Jennifer Aniston <laughs> show that's on HBO Max now. Yeah. What other show has she been in? I don't know. Yeah, thank you. She's not. All right, you guys win. You win. <laughs> <laughs> but but look, I, I, I'm simply pointing out the vagueness of saying that one series on HBO, you didn't even say HBO Max, you said that one series on HBO. It gets oh, yeah. even d- darker if you go that one <laughs> series on HBO Max. Yeah. Pick one. Like there was a light <laughs> on. You could just barely see it. <laughs> I'm just like that one series, the, the Wire, Oz, Carnival. Yeah. Um, well, your enthusiasm. Charades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like let, let's pick one. Like they the, the HBO been doing this for a minute, man. It's, they got it. <laughs> you want to go super old school? Dream on. Do, do you remember that show? Dream on. Like way, way, way back in the day. No. The only I remember, reason I even know Dream On is because uh, 
with those VHS tapes because I, I like there was a bunch of VHS tapes and I, I just remember stuff being recorded on them six hour tapes. You never know what you would find. It's like all the movies that I like would always come on. You remember when HBO went? Well, it's not remember when HBO being a channel, different stuff comes on at different times. Oh, yeah. So like um, I felt like whenever uh, something was being recorded on one of those tapes, Dream On had just went off. And then it was leading into like whatever movie I was about to watch. So I was like, okay. But they just happened to record like the outro to Dream On and then bam, it goes into the movie I wanted to see. Right. I don't even remember that one. What? You don't remember Dream I To be honest with you, I don't remember Dream On. The only reason I know Dream On is because of Wikipedia. The only reason, like, the only thing I can tell you about Dream On is the, is the outro. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, all I can tell you about that show was that Kamal Bell was in it. So, eh. it was a fun show. Yeah, I really, really liked it. it definitely, it's eye opening. A lot of the, a lot of the stuff that he did was really eye opening. Plus, yeah. he he added his comedic value to it, and tried to make it a little less dark when he could, right? Right. But it, I mean, ease people in with humor. Yeah, but he, I mean, he left the dark stuff for sure. <clears throat> Um, so how did you come up with your name? Well, names. Uh, well, I, I suppose if we're specifically talking about, like, uh, if we're specifically talking about the, like, I guess where we're at now should be, uh, then the original name Sugar Dunkerton was born of the movie Semi-Pro. This is when I was doing the basketball thing. And like when I first started doing the basketball stuff, uh, that only came about because it was time for something new. And uh, I was looking at the course of my career at the time and I just kind of needed something new. This was around the time that I was I was balancing college and wrestling and a job. And um, I like honestly, the whole me having an Afro thing was only born of not having money for haircuts to be honest with you and then it just so happened that i was like okay this doesn't look bad i guess we can roll with this and i remember going on a trip with murder one and he was like man he said if you would get that thing all grown out and everything to that effect he said like get you get you a pair of converse or something like that he said you can run you like a little basketball thing like that like old boy off a semi-pro and I remember thinking it was like the dumbest thing at the time, him mentioning it. It was like, dude, that's like going to completely tank my career. Why would I do that? And then I remembered I had no career. There you go. That's so the important part. Thinking about you got nothing to lose. You got nothing, nothing but everything to gain, right? Some of my best, some of my best moments in wrestling have been exactly that setup. So I went ahead and I committed. I bought some Converse and uh, kind of changed the style up. So then that's when I was going by like Kareem Abdul Jamar. <laughs> Funny. But uh when I went to but when I went to, when I got used for Chikara, I just remember Mike Quackenbush not being a super huge fan of that name. So he was like, Can we come up with something? And we came up with some different things. And of course, Sugar Dunkerton is one of the nicknames of Andre 3000's character in semi-pro. So um I just threw it out there. And it was like, he really liked that one. He really was like big into that one. So we ran with it. And then over the years, um, it's just gotten shorter and shorter, especially because I've gotten away from the basketball stuff from time to time. So it was Sugar Dunkerton and then it was uh, Sugar D and 
now we've come to should be and just should. And then at the course of, you know, some people just call me should, but you know, should be. And uh, I suppose if that's the way things are going, eventually I will just uh, boil down to like SD, like SD Jones, and then eventually just S and then I will disappear. No, then then you'll become like the artist formerly known as as Sugar Dunker, Abdul Jamar, like all of them at one time, right? I, I don't see myself taking it that deep when it's all said and done. It's like, it's hard to put a symbol on a paycheck and to be able to cash that. So we're, we'll have something that we can work off of or anything like that. But I think the next logical step is the whole SD part. So we'll see. I like it. I like it. Um, the, the basketball gear that you had. Yeah. How but much of that like, was, how much of that was like Globetrotters inspired? Oh, a ton of it. Okay. When it was all said and done, I was like, you can't talk about basketball without bringing up the Globetrotters. So like that definitely was a, a huge part. You remember the, the old school Globetrotters cartoon? Yeah. The, the one guy, I don't even remember what one it was. Here we go again. He, he was, yeah, here we go again. But he, he was tall and skinny and had an Afro. And like, every time I see you in the, the old Chikara gear, I'm like, oh yeah, it's, that Globetrotters cartoon every time. I I personally prefer the illusion most people give me of if if you ever watch the show Foster's Home of Imaginary Friends, uh like they always get the Wilt uh comparison and everything. And I really like that one. Yeah. But yes, I, I completely get where you're going with it and everything to that effect. I think the last time I got to bust out the basketball gear was uh GCW when they had like the they had like their little big rumble scramble match and um i got to bust out the lakers gear the year that they won recently oh nice so it's topical i like it when it's topical right right nice um you should ask some of your questions kid all of them (laughs) they're like deep in the huddle over there right it almost looks like a legal deliberation like the way they're going (laughs) Uh, one second let me speak with my client yes your honor yes your honor we'll, we'll do we'll do this. Like, <laughs> or what's the one that they do hold on like the microphone will be there they'll be like <laughs> yeah yeah okay she will comment on the on the record your honor <laughs> double dare back in the day oh yeah they used to be on a double dare all the time oh yeah what do you got Ava um, do you like wrestling for smaller shows or bigger shows like AEW or Impact? Wow, we're about to get real existential. Of course, she would ask the existential question, and she's like, she's so young. Like, I don't even know if you know what existential means yet. And and if you don't, I'm not gonna tell you because you don't need to be worried about that right now. You need oh, to she'll go look it up. You need to enjoy. You need to enjoy these times right now like the the non-build times you need to enjoy those um so i will always 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 have enjoyment for being close to people like the in the intimate rooms being like right there up on people and whatnot which was crazy with covid because it's like there's nothing more i like than feedback in the moment and you not being able to have that with those empty arena shows and whatnot is the wildest thing so 
you asked me about how do I feel about like uh, working bigger shows like AEW. Um, all I can do is be honest with you. Um, did I really work a bigger show at AEW? Because at the time that I did it, that was during the pandemic. All I've ever wanted was to be able to work a show one good time where there's like 10,000, 11,000, like 9,000, whatever. Like the point is you start getting into the thousands of people, right? Because I just want to know what that feels like and what that sounds like and um, how that changes your performance if need be. And my biggest opportunity happened in front of literally barely anybody. I've had indie shows where there were more people than where it happened. Like the arenas were, the arena was bigger, like Daly's place, but like it wasn't really a bunch of people there to see it. So there were a lot of people that saw it on TV or saw it on YouTube or whatever it is. But um, I was chasing that opportunity to be able to do it in front of a large amount of people. So my thing is, I still don't know yet. Right now, my, my answer is my answer because I can't compare it to anything yet. That's all I really wanted. I wanted to be able to just be able to be in front of an arena of people and just see what that sounded like and see if I could really just get them in that moment. So I'm not going to stop trying to chase after that because that's the one thing I feel like I haven't had a chance to really do. But um, I'll gladly be able to tell you which one I enjoy more when I actually have it happen. So, yeah. That's the best way to put it. What's your biggest show you've had, fan-wise? I want to say Alexandra Palace in London uh, when we did Progress. We had to have had like 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 fifteen hundred, two thousand people at that show. It was it was wild, man. Like that uh, that reaction was like different, and like you know, it's such a beautiful venue. It's an historic venue, and. Um, you know, there was just a lot of special things that happened over there in the UK, but that was definitely special. And and to come out and people like like you, that's the other thing. When it's that many people and that many people are in agreement with the fact that, hey, we like you, it's a beautiful thing. So you got to understand why I'm sitting here and it's like, if there's 10,000 people and I can get 10, you know, if I can get a large amount of those 10,000 people to like me, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Um I know with the whole pineapple Pete thing, it's just like, I just wanted to know if, if everybody was into it, you know, like if everybody was into it, like, I feel like people would have been into it if that's the thing, but I won't know until I know. You got a follow up? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No pressure. You can go to the next one. Oh, since you since you mentioned England, was that um, was that when you were in Europe for like it seemed like almost the whole year, a couple years ago? Eighteen months, as a matter of fact. Um, More than a whole year. Okay. Over the course of five tours. Yeah. And yes, that was during that. And um, what a time, man! That's that's honestly some of the fondest time in my career. Just uh, you know, you hop in the rails and in cars and. buses and all that other good stuff like that and you're getting the shows and you're seeing all these historic venues and working man's clubs and all this other stuff and making good money like doing it too um i i am so sad about the pandemic um because it slowed a lot of things down over there they're trying to get back into the swing of things and i hope to be a part of that eventually when it's all said and done 
But, um, you know, I'm taking my time over here and I still got stuff to fulfill and whatnot. But I think I'll find my way back sooner than later when it's all said and done. And some of the some of the matches that I watched on YouTube from over there were nuts, like no guardrails or anything. Everybody's just at the the ring sometimes like that's a good time and doing football chants too right right like it, it just seemed like a whole different monster over there than here like you definitely not not that um it's not rough stuff being in america finding out if they like you or not but like you'll definitely get a sense of if they feel you and if they choose you and they're like hey we like you um, they go out of their way to let you know that they like you. And I just think that's the coolest thing in the world, man. Yeah. And I just remember the, the, that first tour being like, I don't know if they're really going to like me or not. And then like, you know, before you know it, they're singing songs to me. And it's like, I never want this to stop. Like, ever. that's awesome. It's the coolest thing. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> what else you got, kid? Um... Um, who were your wrestling idols growing up? I'm, I'm very unabashed about the fact that I'm always a fan of like, you know, everybody's always picking like the main event guys and everything like that. And I'm like, no, I kind of like the, I kind of like, I guess the quote unquote mid card guy. You couldn't say they were mid card guys to me. Um, but I always like the, the big characters and cats like that. So it's like, you asked me like who I got into, like I thought Coco Beware was just the greatest thing ever. Like went growing up. Cause like I thought his outfits were cool, you know, the bird, all that other stuff like that. He was all over the place. And like um, like Heroes and Legends allowed me the avenue to be able to meet him for the first time. So I thought Hey, that- we met him for the first time there too. So I thought that was cool as hell. And then like um through the years, it's like, like I said, like my my list of people I like is, is strange, and I don't care. It's my list. Um, like, I, I like the Santino Morellas. I like the Norma Smileys. I like the Crash Hollies. I like the uh, Brian Kendricks. I like the Paul Londons. Um, I, I, like, I like people like that. And um, it's not that I don't have love for, like, main event properties and everything like that, like, you know, Booker T and all the other good stuff, Kofi Kingston, but um, – I was just always drawn to, again, quote unquote, mid car people because they usually were having the most fun. They were having the most memorable stuff. They were having like the craziest outfits, fun matches, all that other stuff like that. And I just thought it was cool, man. Like, um, oh, don't forget Ernest the Cat Miller. That dude was, that's an unsung hero. I loved him so much. Coming out with James Brown and oh my God. I never understood how WWE like didn't make money off of him because yeah. it's like that's everything they talk about when they say sports entertainment oh and yeah like him and sonny ono man like that oh, that was man. dynamic duo of everything like the original was, selfie oh yeah and you know three absolute three cool. karate champion yeah oh yeah <clears throat> and then he'd do the whole james brown bit and do the dancing and fall down and oh yeah it was, so 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 Ava, you're so young. I have to I have to throw this at you. Okay. So he used to have this bit. All right. There's this guy named I'm, I'm looking, I'm talking directly to you because you're so young, you you wouldn't understand this. And I hope you listen to it. He used to have this bit that popped me. There was a guy by the name of Scott Norton. Okay. Brick thick. 
Like this dude was like a monster, like angry meaty chops, right? And for whatever reason, there was this series of run-ins between Ernest the Cat Miller and Scott Norton. So imagine like uh, Wiley Coyote running head up with like a brick wall, like week week to week. Now Ernest the Cat Miller was known for being like a, a supreme trash talker. Like he was that he was that guy. He would talk trash. Like he ten toes down, talk trash. And one of my favorite things he used to do was Scott Norton would always just stand there unamused, like just, you know, and then Ernest the Cat Miller is right there, not backing down. So let me tell you something, you chump. Okay. I would give you five seconds to get up out of this ring before I go to my car, get my karate gi and whoop everybody up in here. Okay. And he would do all that. And then he'd turn around and he'd wait the five seconds and Scott Norton would just be like, And then he turned around and then he would just chop the mess out of him and then stuff would happen and hilarity would ensue via violence. There was that one time where like um, he did put on like the red shoes. You remember when he had the ruby red slippers? To shoot? Oh yeah. And he oh, put yeah. him on and he did kick Scott Norton and knock him out and I was like, oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. But yes. Wasn't um, that when the, he, he, like it was a loaded shoe or whatever and the thing fell out the front of it, right? I think so, but it was like it was a Stacy Adams. Shit. Look, okay, yeah. the fact of the matter is, look, it was a nice shoe. Loaded. It was like a, a ruby red Stacy Adams shoe. If you can yeah. with one of them, I'm sorry, like you're going down, you're going down. I thought I thought it was great, but um, Ava, like I, I feel like at some point, uh, this is what the network was made for. If you ever want to go back and you want to look at just wrestling greatness in its in its finest form like why why wrestling is good i just want you to look up that era of ernest the cat miller um bald head ernest the cat miller is great it was also a great era with the cisco blonde ernest the cat miller that was a good time too. oh cisco blonde i was thinking rodman every time i see him i think dennis rodman that was around the time he was the commissioner and then you know he was like i have spoken yeah <laughs> And then there was that time, too, where remember what he said? He kept saying James Brown was his friend, and nobody believed him. And then James Brown showed up at the pay-per-view, and they jammed together. Oh, it's yeah. like, how do you not advertise this? Or at the very least, why would you not put that on TV for everybody to be able to see it? But okay. Oh, it was probably a money thing. I mean, it was Ted Turner's money then, though. The whole billionaire Ted thing, that was real life. Right. It didn't so matter. You're like probably right. And get, like, the rub rub off of it. Like, get the TV moment off of it. Where, you know, the news the news highlight reel off of it. But, you know, right. You know. What else you got, kid? I think that's all. Uh-huh. This one. Okay. Um, What is your favorite move to do? Like in a match. <sighs> you want the honest answer, or do you want like, do you want like the 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 oh my move list answer? Um, the honest one. Rolling out of the ring, and knowing that my night is over, and if I'm in a good city, I'm about to enjoy some of their fine cuisine. But in all seriousness, not seriousness, seriousness, um, I would like to say that I guess my favorite maneuver, um, I guess because it's a it's a capsule of uh, 
I'd like to think my cleverness, and I feel like there's there's nobody that really does it anymore. When I went over to England, I, I learned a lot about the world of sports style when I was over there, and I really love like being able to play chess moves with my opponent. But one of my favorite things that I do is, uh, you know, how, like wrestlers have signature sequences, like you know, um, AJ will do the drop down into the drop kick, or like you can't power bomb Kidman because when you try to power bomb, he's just gonna face crush you, or little stuff like that. So mine is drop down, leapfrog, Eddie Guerrero, monkey flip. I love that monkey flip. That's like my jam because nobody does that. And I think it's like ultra clever. Like you're you're forcing your opponent in a situation where they have to go to the move that you set them up for. And then usually I get up and there's theatrics. I might do a little shoulder roll or I might do a little shimmy or something to that effect. But the point is, it's like um, I feel that's a great encapsulation of like I think so much so much with wrestling, they're always like more is more, but I don't even necessarily think less is more or more is more. Um, doing something that's quality is more. And I think just showing people that I'm ahead of the game and then boom, busting that out and then having a little something extra to garnish that with after I hit it, that's everything that wrestling is. It encompasses me. And I like that. <laughs> Big, big fan. Yes. But, yes, that's tied for number one with getting paid at the end of the night. I like it. Um, so we just saw you at the Wrestling Theology show with Paragon. Yes. That match was fantastic. Thanks. Like, I, I have no idea what led to the match. I know – Rich likes to really do actual stories and stuff like that through it. He does. But, like, that was the very first wrestling theology show that we had gone to because, of course, Suge was there. Um, which, not kidding, that's the only reason that we drove down there. <laughs> it was it was between wrestling theology and a show, uh, Revolution Championship Wrestling in South Bend. Oh, they, they, they do great work, too, and everything like that, so I completely understand one way or the other, whichever way you want to go. But thanks for choosing me. Oh, is she? Well, I asked her and she was like, well, Suge's in, in Fortville, right? I was like, yeah. She's like, then that was a stupid question. <laughs> gang, 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 gang. <laughs> um, I mean, how, how do you tell that whole story in the ring with somebody that, like, I assume that you're not, you know, on like phone call level with everybody you wrestle, right? But you still tell the story during the match. Like, I didn't need to know anything. And I knew that it was some kind of come up in power struggle deal, almost uh, uh, handing off the torch type thing. So uh, I definitely did my share of time with uh, wrestling theology before I went over to England. And like, mm -hmm. literally the story was, when he was having his debut at Wrestling Theology was when I had my last match. I didn't know it was going to be my last match at the time, but it was my last match. And then, boom, you know, we had two different courses. And while I was gone, he had been there and developed this huge resume in that company and became like a big deal. And then I came back and it's almost like, oh, well, this is the guy that y'all are talking about or whatever it is. I got to find out if he's really the real deal or not. Um if you haven't noticed, I'm big into film, I'm big into theater, I'm big into the arts. And like, um, I'm also big into storytelling. So it's like, 
you much like any good movie or good show it has to be engaging enough where it rewards people who pay attention to how we got to this point but you also have to lay it out too where um if somebody just happens to turn the channel and they flip to what's going on can you be engaging enough where they still sit with it and then want to go back and find out more about it and i'm very big into that um i think when you're talking about storytelling it's not just the promos it's um what you do physically it's the stuff in between the moves it's how you do it it's um how they react to it it's how you pull people into it etc etc so like that's what i mean by especially doing theater because i used to i used to act on stage too that would be something i'd like to go back to but i don't have the time to divide between the two right now um it's one of those things where i get my feedback in real time and like i'm constantly always adjusting the script there's a little bit of improv there's you know there's improv there there's all this other stuff like that and you know we're directing and we're writing and we're starring in it all kind of at the same time so it's just all bringing it together at any good time but uh i'm glad that you were able to decipher what it was that i was trying to do while we were doing it because that's how i know it's mission accomplished and did i nail it pretty good yeah pretty sure i'm pretty sure you got it as far as it goes i wouldn't argue with it whatsoever it, i mean the and it I want to say that it was like a slow play during the match to get to the end point, right? As 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 it should be for the time that we had and for the story that we were trying to tell. Absolutely, we want to do that. But there was no downtime during the match. Like it was it was go and and go and go and like when when the physicality slowed down a little, then a little more of the story came out, but there was still plenty of the story going through the physicality. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's language on so many different levels. It's crazy. Absolutely, but like that's everything that I'm aiming to try to give you at any good moment when all that is going on. It's like again, it's like that's the director in me, where it's like, okay, like I I am I'm actively trying to tell you a story right now. At the end of the day, and that's back to what I was talking about. There's there's matches that there's matches that plenty of people have seen that more people will see that more people will see that weekend or all this other stuff like that. At the end of the day, no matter how many people see or don't see my match, was it any good? And I'd like to think anybody that watched it would just believe like, oh, this was really good. And I, I have to have that care in my work at all times. So I'd like to think if I get that opportunity to be able to do it large yet again um the quality won't suffer because i'm always on top of my quality i'm big i mean i like i said earlier i don't think i've ever seen anything that i would even call like a mediocre match like they've all been really good i'm sure somebody could find one for you if if they were looking like twitter's usually good for that they're 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 very quick to tell you what they like and what they don't like Right. But um, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, was I okay with it? Was the promotion okay with it? And most of all, like, was the general sense, consensus okay with it? Like, there, there's, pe- there's people that still hate on AJ Styles, and I think he's one of the greatest wrestlers to ever grace a wrestling ring. So it's like, everybody's got opinions. Yeah, I mean, but, it, like, there are going to be people that just hate everything. It doesn't matter. 
when it when it's like uh the entire world but this guy thinks this guy's great like i just chalk it up to this guy hates everything <laughs> well i mean like you see that in pro sports all the time like there's literally athletes that get hated just because they're good like it's not anything that they've done or anything like that it's just like oh this guy keeps winning he sucks yeah oh yeah. wow like I, I thought that was the opposite of it. Like, if you kept winning, I thought that was supposed to be great, but okay. Right, right. Um, I think we wrapped up pretty much all the stuff that we had. Oh, what was, so you, you mentioned the pandemic earlier. What was that like for you and your career? Like, I'm Scary. sure it had to slow down a little. Scary. And no, it did not. Um, that was the thing about it. Like, it was super scary. Like, um, I was, I was getting a lot of matches that I wanted around that time. Um, you know, I had a big mania week that was supposed to happen, all this other stuff like that. And then I started watching all my dates disappear on me. And, um, you know, cause stuff just kept getting canceled until I went from like having a, this full schedule to nothing. And this was around that time that I was really riding the wave of coming back from England and people being like, Yo, Suge really been knocking it out. We got to give him some, we got to give him something to do while he's home. You know what I'm saying? Like we're missing out. And um, I just knew I was going to be like, wow, this sucks. I'm going to be, so I'm going to have to figure out my life from here. And um, this was around the time that like um, I had went full time, like wrestling around that stuff. So it's like, okay. And it's like, huh. Because I had to take solace in the fact that it's like, okay, you took a chance on wrestling full time and that went well, but now it's like you don't even have any matches. So what's about to happen? And you can't say, oh, well, you should have had a job because there were people that had a job and still didn't have any kind of security during the pandemic. People were getting laid off, all that good stuff. So uh, the saving grace was the fact that right when it looked like everything was going to come to a complete crash, there was AEW. So I did that. I was consistently working with them. And then by the time I was done consistently working with them for that period, um, there were indies that were taking a chance. And then I just went right into like working the news house and the action wrestling and the paradigms and all that other stuff like that. So I, I didn't slow down. I didn't take a break. That's, that's what I'm getting at. It's like a lot of people were gone for a good amount of time. There are a lot of people still out of it right now. And it's like, I never took a break. I was always consistent. And I feel like my consistency got rewarded, never got sick, um, you know, wore my mask, got vaxxed, all that other good stuff like that. No matter your status on it or not, um, not to be that guy, completely understandable if you don't want to do it. You know, it's your choice. It's your body, all this other good stuff like that. Um, however, I mean, we're looking at the world and it's like you can't leave the country if you're not vaxxed. It's getting to a point where, especially in certain states, you're not able to do everything that everybody else does if you don't have proof for it. It's getting to a point where people are even falsifying vaccination documents just to be able to go and do stuff when it's easier to just go and get the free vaccine. So, again, it's completely up to you what it is you do or what it is that you don't do. But, again, that's back to earlier round. And I love being able to round out and we link things again. Um you know, there's consequences for everything that you do or you don't do. So in my case, it was just easier for me to just go ahead and get the shot and go from it. I'm a military kid anyway. They've been shooting me up with stuff since I was young. So it ain't nothing new to me. Very cool. I mean, I'm like, I know 
Um, is Blanco, do you, do you know Blanco Loco? And yeah, Ginger Alley? Yeah. What so when we interviewed them, um, actually that was our first like actual interview show. And they said the same thing, like their 2020 was just nuts, like just crazy busy doing all kinds of shows that they didn't really expect to be able to do. <clears throat> like they're, they're like, it created a lot of opportunity if you were still able to chase after it and whatnot. And it's like, um, I kind of got introduced to a whole new audience off of doing the Pete stuff and what have you. Um, and like, I'm still constantly, like I said, trying to strive for better, trying to strive to put myself in a better position. And it's like, um, right now things are good. Um, I'm always thinking about how we can go higher, go better, go bigger. And um, I stand by that. And hopefully we'll be able to keep that pushing. Very cool. Um, I mean, the last thing we normally do, we do like a quick picks thing. It's two or three options. You just kind of throw out your whatever, whatever one is your favorite. Okay. Um, you can explain it or don't. It's up to you. doesn't matter. Uh, so Hogan or Andre? uh like uh i feel like this is a trick question at this point um kind of like everybody gets the same quick picks so all right i'll just <laughs> say i'll just say at at, at one point it would have been hogan but for cultural reasons andre the giant fair and we'll leave it at that go yep. ahead uh jake or piper oh that's that's a devil's question. It is. Um, Jake the Snake, because both of them are supreme talkers, and both of them were those type of guys that, like, that's not a promo. They just cut. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, when they went ahead and did that. The only reason I edge with Jake is just because there are storylines and moments with Jake that I just absolutely resonate with, and it was a joy absolutely getting to finally – meet him face to face and be able to pick his brain at AEW. Like um he's Oh, I didn't even think about that. You were there the right when he came in, right? Dude, I uh like uh yeah I got like I had the match with Lance Archer so that means he was at ringside. Yeah. And then I had the match with uh Sean Spears so that means that Tully was at ringside. So like that was just an education even on the outside of the ring the whole time. Oh I bet I didn't I didn't I guess I've never really even thought about that. That's gotta be like like that's Yale for pro wrestling right now. I was about to say, like that was like there that was a wild six months, man, in terms of like keeping your ears open and just the stuff that you got to absorb. Wild six months. Oh yeah. That's all right. I didn't even think about that. That's crazy. Uh so of those two, who do you think is better in the ring? I think that's a push. Yeah. I I'm the same way. I, I feel like they're about the same ring wise, right? But I think, I think Jake had the better over. stories in ring because yeah. his psychology was unmatched. But if you want to talk about like unhinged, like brawling or like um, he's going to surprise you with the stuff that comes out of his matches, it would be Roddy because um, you got to you got to remember uh, Piper had that crazy. He had that crazy match with Brett as well too and I, I don't think anybody knew he had that kind of match in him like for the intercontinental title that kind of stuff or the match with perfect you know all the other little stuff like that so they're both awesome for their own particular reason yeah 
Uh, Sting or Undertaker? Sting. Yeah. Or as we say in the South, Sting with an A. Yeah. Okay. Ava, something else for you too, because you're too young for this. Um. So there was the No Limit Soldiers versus the West, the West Texas Rednecks feud, uh, which, unironically, the unironically good rap is crap. I can't even believe I like that song, but I do know all the words. It was so catchy, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was unironically good. Like, it's like, I'm not supposed to be cheering for these dudes, but this song kind of fly. So um, just like just like with My Baby Tonight by, like, uh, Jesse James, that song is smooth. Like, like I had a friend who played that at his wedding reception. I was like, like, like that's 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 a pick. Yeah, that'll anyway, get you somewhere. So the I'm big on stuff that's not meant to be funny, but just is. So what's always funny to me that wasn't meant to be funny was the press conference that No Limit so the No Limit Soldiers had before they came in, and Master P was doing that press conference. And he was like, he was like, hold on. I wish I had a pair of sunglasses to really get that across. But he was like, yeah, man, you know, we super excited about doing the thing with WCW and the wrestling, man. We love wrestling. Wrestling is real good. Like, like I like that. I've been watching wrestling since I've been a little boy. Um, my favorite wrestler is Stang. I like Stang. Stang is my guy. I, when I watch <laughs> wrestling, it's Stang. And um, so now, like, that's Stang. Like, with a, and like, you don't understand that unless you're from the South. You know, it's Sting everywhere else. We're like, no, nah, that's Sting. That's Sting with an A. Oh, yeah. And, and I remember when he uh, he showed up in WWE and he did the number where he put the bat in Triple H's face when he was leading up to uh, when he was leading up to WrestleMania. And I popped because I don't know where they were at, but somebody had a sign up like right in the middle of it and it was Sting with an yeah. A. I was like... <laughs> I was like, somebody understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. You can spell it with an I all you want. I'm from Georgia. It is Stang. <laughs> it is Stang. And, it's, it's, and wrestling starts with an A. This is keeping me. Wrestling starts with an R. A hard R. Oh. And there's an A in it, too. Yes. Yeah. R-A-S-S-L-I-N. It spells wrestling. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. I get, I get passionate. It's fantastic. Uh, NWO or DX? So, uh, is this the, the, the entirety of the NWO? This includes like black and white, red and black? I mean... That should already make up your mind. It's too damn big. <laughs> They made I, it too I, much. I still go with the I still go with the NWO though. So so in theory, when I wrote this thing, right, I'm like, ah, oh, NWO or DX because they were both huge at the same time and blah blah blah. And like I was just thinking, like smallish, like like Hogan Outsiders six and Bischoff, right? I still go with the NWO though. <laughs> Pat hates that. You're never gonna see reactions like when when Ray got lawn darted into the truck or when Hogan turned on WCW and doing it. You're just not going to see stuff like that again. I'll give you that. I will say that the three, you keep it at three, that they had, hard to beat. But when you started getting 
half the roster, three quarters of the roster coming out of an NWO shirt, you lost me there. Like that's but, that's my whole. But if that didn't happen, <laughs> we wouldn't have got the cool NWO Red and Black theme song. Boom. So I do like that's that why I'm, that's why I'm saying it took that to get that. We suffered. We suffered the NWO B team with Horace Hogan fighting for a leadership spot to get to. Now, I literally think that's what the production truck was when he was right. Anybody, you've heard that, right? Anybody's heard that song? Oh yeah. Wolfpack is back, causing mass destruction. Full blue jerseys for everybody, man. Right. What a time! What a time! Good old tomato face sting, sting. Right. And if we didn't have that, like, I also think of residuals when I think of stuff like that. So if we didn't have that, we wouldn't have had Conan in the NWO and then leaving the NWO. So then he could have told NWO be talking about that for life. But you ain't gonna see the brother about those locals forever, man. See, you don't know about that. You don't know about that. Like you so, oh, you're so young. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a time to be alive! What a time. I mean, like sometimes when we watch wrestling, it just turns into a history lesson. But and she's like, I don't even want to watch this anymore. And I hate that because yeah. I'm kind of turning into that that old dude. Was like, Man, you don't even know when wrestling was wrestling. You yeah. know, like like you you had to set the VCR to go watch. You couldn't just even, you couldn't just watch it the next day. Oh, we were just talking about that on the way to school about how I used to stay up until like one or two in the morning so I could watch Raw and then watch the replay of Nitro. Dude, I think it was the night that Lex Luger won the championship. I remember um, I said I was just going to take a little nap, and then I was going to watch Nitro. Completely fell asleep, and then woke up the next day, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I didn't miss anything. And then I went into school. It was like, oh, my God, that episode of Nitro was the greatest episode of Nitro. Like, oh, did you, did you see it? He put him up in a torture rack. Oh, and, and I was just being like. That's when he beat Giant, right? Hogan. He racked Oh, okay, okay. That was when they let him have it for like a week, and then yeah. he dropped it. Yeah. But the um, plot was like ridiculous. Yeah, that I don't. So, like, Luger was the strongest dude in the world, I swear. At the like, time. He, he was just, just, like, he picked up Giant and made it look so easy. Like, I, yoke- I, still, I still think the craziest, like, feat of strength that I can remember from around that time, um, it was, like, the Allied Powers back, like, the Allied Powers back before, you know, Lex jumped. So that was, like, British Bulldog and Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. Versus like men on a mission when they went yeah. heel. Um, Davy Boy like completely like did the whole electric chair lift to Mabel. Yeah, and this dude went like full vertical with Mabel on his shoulders, and I'm like, how? Like that don't even make sense to me how that happened. And it's like, ain't no way. Yeah, and I could have done that with like, a tow truck and to like. He, he was just such a big dude. But, I mean, Dave Boy Smith was just stupid jack to the world, too. Right. He, I, I think people underrate, like, his power ability, too, a lot. But I just remember visually, that was just crazy to me. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm seeing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it helped, too, that Mabel's, like, he was, like, 6'6 or something, wasn't he? Yeah. 
So not to get on a tangent, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, it's just memories. Memories are flowing. Oh, Please yeah. continue with the question. Uh, Twitter, Facebook. Oh, Twitter. Yeah. By far. By far. I could never get into Twitter. I think you're the see, first I'm, person I'm, I'm, that we've had on here that said that. I remember when I used to like Facebook, and it's just like, eh, like I, I keep it around, like yeah. especially to do business. Twitter is not like okay. Twitter definitely has some annoying people that are on there. Annoying. But when Twitter is good, which it is most of the time, oh my God, is it great. It always puts a smile on my face. It's like the whole echo chamber thing, though. Like the algorithm only sends you back what, what you've already seen. I feel like I broke Twitter when I first got Twitter. <laughs> eh, it, it depends on how you curate your timeline and what you got going on and everything like that. Plus, yeah. you know, I'm big on speech. I'm big on debate, all that other stuff like that. I think uh, Twitter lets you realize who doesn't know how to have an actual conversation. So you just have to uh, attack that accordingly. But I love Twitter. That makes tons of sense because just character limit and all that good stuff. You can't write a book like you can on Facebook. Right. Got it. Uh, so Instagram or Twitter? Still Twitter. Yeah. Uh, when you watch wrestling, do you watch WWE, AEW, or indie stuff? I watch everything. Yeah. Even stuff that people say is bad because you can learn from bad stuff and make it better if you know what you're trying to do. But I watch everything. Um, to me, that's like being a stockbroker and not paying attention to like the Wall Street Journal or paying attention to like stock trade. I need to know what's going on out there. Even if it's nothing that I intend on using or places I don't ever intend on trying to work, you never know. But I just need to know what's out there. Yeah. Very cool, man. Well, I mean, that's that's about all we got. So we really appreciate you coming on, spending a little time yeah. with us. No appreciate problem, it, man. Like it was a good time. I know we were well overdue. It, yeah, it's been a minute. Mm-hmm. It was worth the wait. Thank you. I, like I would have absolutely hated it if we did all this to try to get it together, and then it was just like it was uh, you know, like like let, let's not be uh, like. I guess that's my uh, my closing statement about this and everything like that. It's like, uh, you know, uh, you don't start realizing how life is, how short life is until you're dead or like, you know, suddenly like there's not much of it to live. So just don't make it uh, like do something with it, please. I beg of you. When are you going to be back around here? The next uh, Heroes and Legends is when? October. Like, I'm trying to remember the date date. Uh, October 2nd. Do I have something I can I got to double check my dates just to make sure, like, something. I hope I haven't pre... I hope I haven't... Uh... Oh, Lord. Okay. I have to make sure I haven't double booked myself or something. But, yes, I believe that's indeed the case. So, that'll probably be around there. If not, then, then definitely Paradigm which is, uh, I think, going to be out of Sellersburg and everything like that. But let me go look that up and make sure I'm not messing something up because I, I want to believe, uh, yeah, I got I to gotta restitute my calendar. Well, you might have just made October 2nd incredibly hard for me now. Wow, what's up? Danhausen's in South Bend. Oh, so they're, it's oh they're swinging for the fences. yeah. Uh, well, it's Brutus. It's Brutus at Revolution Championship. Mm-hmm. So he's running that. 
uh, Danhausen, Shannon Moore. There's somebody else. I don't remember who. Theo Conley, uh, Darrow Conley. Got a hell of a lineup, man. Um, yeah. So it's like, do I go and watch that? Or do I go and do a bunch of meet and greets in Fort Wayne? And, I feel know. like you can't lose, but I gotta figure I gotta figure out my calendar. I just I just realize I just realized I might be running in. So I knew I knew eventually it was gonna happen. I hate double booking or I hate putting myself in situations like that, but I'll I'll figure it out. I always do. What what do you use for a calendar? Um, <laughs> and 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 I know I should be past that by now, but it's totally so it's not uncommon for me to be like, what the hell am I doing this week? And then like um I'm just randomly running through flyers, or that's why I always save flyers. Because then I have to scroll through my picture roll to see if there's there's fly like oh that flyer or whatever it is. So like right yeah I got I got to get better about that. But like you know I think I stopped doing it when I got to the point where I used to write all my dates down, and then once dates started disappearing or stuff got started getting canceled, I hated that feeling of having to cross it out or delete it or all that other stuff like that. So just everything just right. You're a brave man. <laughs> A, a little a little too much so brave or stupid it's all dependent on the results man yeah right that fine line right um all right man well, we'll let you get off here uh figure out the heroes and legends thing though if you're for sure gonna be there i gotta figure out some heartache okay i will definitely let you know i won't have you out i won't have you out there wasting money if that's indeed the case all right buddy all right y'all be good hey, are you gonna it. have eight by tens then um you know because you asked I'll get some bigger pitch. I'll get like, some I, I just need an 8 by 10 chug for my wall. Absolutely. You know, I think I'll figure it out. <laughs> Solid. Because you asked. Y'all be good, okay? All right, buddy. Oh, yeah. you. Thank care. you very Thanks much again. All right, enjoy, the, enjoy the new Plank Splash NXT. I know I will. All right, I man. want to. Right? Hopefully. All right. Y'all be good. Man. All right, buddy. Have you a good too. one. Take See care. you. Thank you. There we have it, folks. Shug D, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. And if he's not, get a new favorite wrestler. Um, yeah, so we'll be at Heroes and Legends tomorrow. Probably somewhere between like 12 and 2 p.m. Probably be there all night. Walking around, hanging out, watching the show. Always a good time. Uh, I know RCW with your boy Brutus Dillon is running a show. Same night, same time. Killing me, Smalls. Having uh, Dan Housen out there. Um, unfortunately, we can't make them both. And Shug D's a little closer to home for us. So we're going to be there. Um, we will be at an RCW show soon. Um, always at Wrestling Theology shows down in Fortville, Indiana. With uh, Rich Abbott. Um, got a little special something for you on the next episode. Uh, kind of a mainstay down there. Um, so that's about it, man. We'll wrap it up. We'll see you next time. Hopefully we'll also see you on Friday or on Saturday. I mean, thanks.